everybody, and welcome to another episode of Radio Gripe. This is number 39. We're getting up there. We've done a few of them by now. Uh, I am one of your hosts, I'm Joe. And I'm Jen. And this is our general discussion show, where we go over just fucking whatever, man. You know? Just everything. Uh, We like to talk about a lot of current events, and just various things that catch our interest and whatnot. Um... On that note, because I already dropped an F-bomb, I'm going to say that the opinions that we have here, this is important, listen, the opinions that we have here do not reflect the rest of KBSR. It's very important. It's very important. They're cool people. No, it's fine. But um, <laughs> all the heat is all on us. So uh, you can try our email. We're trying show at gmail.com or get us on the Instagram, uh, Radio Gripe TX. So, okay, that's all out of the way. Uh, let us know how how bad you're going to hate what we're going to say here. Um, for those of you who might've been looking for our podcast last week, uh, and we did not do a podcast. Uh, it's mainly because we spent the whole show drinking and bitching about the weather, the power grid failure and the basic lack of, uh, basic necessities. Mm-hmm. So we thought we'd probably bundle these, uh, two shows together. Joe's thinking about making his uh, musical DJ debut. Uh, we'll probably have a little more extra music on this episode. To be clear, a I, taster. I, I was a DJ, not only on this show before, but also when I was about 22. That's right. Uh, yeah, that was a, a sordid affair that I'd your, rather not talk about. What was your DJ name? Uh, Mad Skills. <laughs> <laughs> DJ Mad Skills. Uh, you know, that's so funny because I've... Over the years, I've come up with so many fake DJ names that I would have had and put me on the spot. And I can't think of a single fucking one of them. Can I, we can just edit one in later. Yeah. Just come fine. and. I'll just, the bass will drop and <laughs> there'll be a full two minutes of my DJ name uh, on repeat. Um, but yeah, so. Speaking of, of bitching, griping, that's the name of the show, folks. Radio yep. Gripe. And um, drinking to excess. Uh, what are you drinking today, Joe? Uh, well, right now I'm having some IPAs. Uh, El Chingon. From Four Corners Brewing outside of uh, Dallas, I want to say. Uh, it's pretty good. It's pretty pretty mellow IPA. Uh, you know, not not super dank as some of them like to be. Dank. Yeah, that's a good description. I, I guess mm-hmm. I, I would have used the word piney um, like you would for uh, like a scotch. But well, I think dank is the correct term. It depends on the hops you're using um, and the methods, that, that kind of level of pininess that you get out of it. I don't like really sharp piney IPAs. They can be okay. Uh, this this one is is really good. It's got your your standard flavor there, but it's pretty nice and balanced. Mm. Yeah, it's good stuff. At seven point five percent, not bad. Better take it easy. It's fine. <laughs> Welcome um, to my first rodeo. Uh, this is Joe. <laughs> I'm having a uh, bourbon and Arnold Palmer. With a splash of topo just to further water it down. You know what I'm thinking. Uh, and I have some uh, blueberries that I'm using as ice cubes, frozen blueberries. I got that for my sister. Yeah, that's nice. Uh, you were, you're lamenting your inability to make a cocktail. I don't think that's right, but I'm going to say this. Could have muddled those blueberries just a touch. Yeah. Just give them a little squeeze. My favorite cocktail is a mojito. And mm-hmm. I, I can only do so much muddling is the, is the problem. You just got to you just got to press them a little bit, and they'll just kind of pop a little. You know, you don't have to super muddle them. Mm-hmm. Uh, just just pop them in the glass and pour your bourbon over. Yeah, that's what I do. Well, that's what you should do when you go to make me my refresher. Deal. So, what are we talking about tonight? 
Well, as we're recording this weekend, uh, it is, of course, CPAC, uh, the Conservative oh, Political Action Committee Convention. We got to talk about that fucking cesspool, yeah, the annual cesspool. We're basically, CPAC. we're going to talk about that next week because it's all happening now. Now, now. Right. When you're hearing this, that was then. <laughs> um, so when will then be now? Soon. <laughs> <laughs> Soon. Um, okay. So, yeah, we're going to go over that in more detail you know, the next o- week. The only thing I know so far is um, I saw the, the images from yesterday of them. Uh, wheeling in the hideous, smarmy-ass-looking, gilded uh, Trump statue of yeah. shiny, glittery gold uh, think, through uh, the halls of C- CPAC. You know that was made in Mexico, right? Uh, made in Mexico? The statue, the golden statue of Trump. I touched base uh, personally with the artist uh, who tried to give it to Trump uh, last year or something like that, but the Secret Service wouldn't let him. I was hoping it would be... <laughs> displayed in the uh in the the great library um in perpetuity oh boy but uh yeah this thing is it's six foot two it's gaudy as hell it's already it was already a a hit uh based on you know just onlookers expressing their excitement oh man it's it's the kind of thing that i've just seen one or two pictures of it and i am worried about it showing up in my dreams yeah yeah um well this uh, I'm not a religious person, but this does call to mind uh, certain stories that many of us are well acquainted with. Oh, yeah, huh. And the people sinned a great sin, for they had made them a god of gold. And they bore him upon their shoulders and rejoiced, saying, This be our god, O Israel. Are you mourners of Moses afraid to face the new god of gold? They were as children who had lost their faith. They were perverse and crooked and rebellious against God. They did eat the bread of wickedness and drank the wine of violence. And they did evil in the eyes of the Lord. And the people cried, The graven image hath brought us joy. And they worshipped the golden calf and sacrificed unto it. Here is your sacrifice! Yeah, that shit's buck wild, and he's got a speech on Sunday, which is when this episode airs, so we'll have more to talk about that next week. Uh, I will say, though, that, you know, Cruz is a big hit over there at CPAC. Uh, People are loving him, and he's putting out a lot of the fascistic rhetoric that everybody's hitting on. The Republican Party is divided, and they're saying they're not, but they are because... He, he should probably take some time away from Texas for a while. I you know... That would be good for him. Well, I mean, like, what again? Like, we even talked about his Cancun trip uh, last week. I think he should take some time out of office. Uh, <laughs> and there's a thing coming up, which I'm sure that he can still serve as senator, even though he's uh, been indicted of a felony, which is, you know, a thing that we allow. He's got some legal trouble of brewing. Uh it's kind of convoluted, but from what I understand, uh, his campaign gave money to a, a company called Reagan Investments, I think, uh, who also was paid by the Trump Make America Great Again campaign, and they said collateral books. In a in a nutshell, it looks like it looks like Ted Cruz is buying his own books through 
campaigns and like these other companies and when he does it he's able to get the royalties because it's just like oh i sold thousands copies of my books give me all the royalties but it's him that's buying them with campaign money so he's using the pack money which you can spend fast and loose Mm -hmm. uh there's laws about how you're supposed to be able to use it but there's not a whole lot of laws that give access to investigators for knowing how the money was spent that's why they call it dark money is because uh packs don't necessarily have to disclose a lot of information Mm -hmm. uh we kind of go off of what they what they leave for us so he so buys like all the little crumbs just following the trail he buys his own books which propel him to mm-hmm. the new york times bestseller list uh-huh. and he makes the money for the intellectual property uh-huh and he has a whole garage full of some really dope kindling if his power goes out if he happens to be in texas yeah for sure or if he needs to stage a book burning and he doesn't have any books to burn right. he can burn his own yeah, it sounds illegal. Uh, well, um, he he had a a little like one liner because it's come up recently that uh, you remember John Boehner, uh, old boner as I like to call him. Uh, that's, that's he was one of my faves. Yeah, he was Speaker of the House back in the uh, Obama days for a while, and he had retired some time ago. Now he's an asshole. Don't get me wrong, but he left politics before the Trump era and he has said since that he's really glad that he is that he doesn't like what the Republican Party has become and all of these things. Mm-hmm. He recently was recording an audiobook uh of one of the books he's written and apparently he said in this one at one point he addressed Ted Cruz and said go fuck yourself. <laughs> and so and uh yeah there was even like a great Instagram or like a Twitter post that he made where it was a picture of him at a microphone with like a glass of wine and he's like he's like cool sitting down doing the recording uh blame the expletives on the wine so actually like i don't we're not all that different (laughs) (laughs) we both fucking hate ted cruz i don't need a glass of wine to tell ted cruz to go fuck himself yeah Um, but do we have that audio we'll get it okay uh well i mean it's his audio book so that's a question i'll see what i can do Hmm. um but yeah, so short of actually buying his audiobook. John Boehner had some interesting comments last night. He actually didn't abbreviate what he said. He was a little bit more expressive. Uh, he, he allowed his inner Trump to come out. And by the way, Donald Trump gave John Boehner's super PAC $100,000 just a few years ago. Donald Trump has been funding John Boehner, and he's also been funding Nancy Pelosi and Harry Reid. You know, Boehner's comments... He said something like, he's the worst SOV I've ever worked with. Something like that. Lucifer in the flesh. Well, there was that too. Yeah, so uh, we'll get more in detail about the fucking spiraling, self-cannibalizing, tumultuous uh, Republican Party next week. We do. We Yeah, we got that, we've got that other day. There's still time for Moses to pop up at CPAC and make a scene. Yep. Uh, or Borat, as has happened. I mean, honestly... Next week's episode will be coming out after March 4th, which is, as we all know, when Trump will actually be uh, christened the new God King uh, of America because of some arcane uh, dumb shit. Yeah, so that's something to look out for, guys. That's Again, we'll talk about that next uh, March, week after March it's happened. 4th. Keep, keep an eye out for that. <laughs> it's um, fucking stupid. Yeah, we don't need to talk about it. I guess y'all can Google it. Yeah. Uh, if anybody is out of the loop on that one, hope 
springs eternal. <laughs> Especially when it comes to doomsday cults. To catch up, though, um, on uh, Winter Storm Yuri, it was there, uh, which happened, uh, it seems so long ago, you know, now that we have electricity back and everything is is sunny and 70 degrees outside, uh, it seems like a lifetime ago. Time moves much faster in the modern era than in the uh, pre-modern, than in the pre-modern era. Sure. Because, yeah, time creeps when you're just cold and sitting in the dark, I think, um, Discomfort is true immortality. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Those couple of days that we had spent without any power, the time does really drag on. Uh, so the, the 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 scope of that storm was pretty big. You know, it wasn't just a Texas storm. It was uh, in other countries, not just Canada. It was in like uh, Greenland and various other areas. So uh, worldwide, there were over 80 deaths associated with it. Mm. Um in Texas, 58. Oh, gosh. So we actually, oh our state gosh. does hold more than half of the, the global deaths over the winter storm. Texas is expecting to have $19 billion uh, in damages after all is said and done. You know, at one point, uh, we were referenced this, we referenced this last week with uh, 4.5 million people were without electricity. 12 million uh, went without water for several days. And Austin, in fact, lost 325 million gallons of water through busted pipes. Ugh. So this is this has been a real, real blow uh, to our infrastructure. Yeah. So I was listening to some knowledge fight the other day, and it was good as always. But uh, Alex Jones was on a real rip, saying that he had you know the smoking gun. He's gonna take down. Justice Department or fucking whatever, you know, Department of Energy. Department of Energy. And so, uh, but yeah, he, it was a, a misinterpretation. Probably, uh, I think that somebody said, uh, Dan or Jordan said, this was a masterclass in not getting the point. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, actually know. pretty much the opposite. So I listened to that same one and the, well, I don't know. It's a fucking Texas event. I got to tune into Alex and see what yeah, the fuck he's yeah, yeah. talking about. The Department of Energy document uh, that is the smoking gun that he claims he has. And he doesn't understand why news outlets aren't picking this up. This should be fucking exploding. But because it's him. I'm kind of retarded. 
people can't handle that bigness. Yeah, Texas begged for federal authorization to increase power and was denied. Um, in truth, the very uh, document um, that, that he claims to have says the exact opposite, that in yep. fact, the Department of Energy granted a request from Texas officials to allow energy providers to produce energy at levels that would exceed limits set by environmental regulations. Yeah, they, they basically got to get fudgy with the laws and uh, be a little bit you know less eco-friendly uh, in, in order to do what they had to do to keep the grid up. Now, to Alex's point, uh, this was not limitless. The right. caveat is only as needed yeah. for the amount of time that it's needed. Uh-huh. So maybe that's what he's raised. Here's the thing about Alex, though. If you listen to that show, you noticed he knows even less about, well, this should hardly be a surprise, but um, mm -hmm. he he indicates that he seems to think that, he seems to think that uh, ERCOT is a federal agency. Yeah. Which is not true. So can I bust in real quick just to say that they, they're, listed as a 501c charitable organization but there's a thing where they have been able to beat lawsuits in the past by claiming sovereign immunity mm -hmm. saying that their role in a governmental organization or their role as suppliers of a resource to a government does shield them from lawsuits so that's something they already have booked yeah. uh so, but I don't really know where they stand. My understanding is that they are basically an NGO. They're a non-governmental organization, but they are tied into governmental works in kind of a funny way that I don't think we have a whole lot of other examples in America uh, to display. Uh, during the First World War, utilities began to link themselves together mm -hmm. uh, in this country uh, and grew even further during the Second World War. Uh, and that's when several Texas utilities joined together to form the Texas Interconnected System, uh, which allowed them to link to the big dams along Texas rivers and send extra electricity to support the uh, ramped up factories aiding in the war effort. I'm getting this from Texas Tribune. Okay. Um, it, at first, it was operated by two discrete entities, uh, one for northern uh, Texas and one for southern Texas. Uh, but... Yeah, so in 1935, um, Franklin D. Roosevelt signed the Federal Power Act, which charged the Federal Power Commission with overseeing interstate electricity sales. By not crossing state lines, Texas utilities avoided being subjected to federal rules. Mm -hmm. Freedom from federal regulation was a cherished goal. Because um, of liberty. Uh, ERCOT was formed in 1970 in the wake of a major blackout in the Northeast in November in 1965. It was tasked with managing the grid reliability in accordance with national standards. Um, well, so we can we can get into how they actually operate a little bit more granularly in a minute. Yeah, it's not a federal agency. It's obviously. not. Yeah. Although it is tasked with keeping the Texas grid, uh, you know, when you're when you're going for deregulation, mm -hmm. <laughs> it is tasked with at least keeping it up to the standards uh, of the United States, uh, uh, the other grid systems which are interconnected. Texas is obviously the only state that is a stand has a standalone grid system that's not connected to the other grid systems. Right. Yep. So uh, nothing that they could even do. But I think that was another point Alex was trying to bring up is. You know, the Department of Energy was reluctant to help them out with outside systems. I think not understanding that, like, no, it's literally designed to not do that. Alex is under the impression, uh, or at least he specifically stated, uh, up until recently, Texas was supplying, the, was producing so much power 
and energy that it was supplying energy to half the rest of the country. Right. Which, again, yeah. is not physically possible. I'm trying to think of like if I'm being really charitable, it's possible that he misunderstood that um, Texas sells its gas mm-hmm. uh, to Ener- energy exports is not simply electricity. Yeah, we, we <laughs> have other resources. We, we here. sell <laughs> yeah. ener- we export energy resources by selling them. Um, right. As is often the case <laughs> when mm-hmm. states have resources, they sell them to other states. Not really the same thing as powering the rest of the country. <laughs> right. Again, I'm trying to be charitable and just finding a way sure. he could have radically misunderstood something that hey, has some you know basis what? in reality. Don't fucking pull a muscle trying to fucking fit into that one because, no, yeah, fuck him. He's an ignorant man. Yeah. He's off his fucking rocker and but- has been for a long time. There's, there's no... Uh, presentation that comes from him that has like an accurate grasp of what he's talking about for me and that's his point (laughs) alex is a cautionary tale in what it's like to completely lack intellectual curiosity and instead adopt a i know everything and everybody else is a sheep being led astray persona we're all we're all woke sheeple over here you can do that when you're like 25 and spend the rest of your life just working on your persona of knowing everything and knowing things before other people do and knowing more than other people. And you never have to open another book for the rest of your life. You never have to educate yeah. yourself about yeah. anything. Cause you already know it all. And it's uh it's truly tragic and it's not where I would want to be at Alex's age, which is pretty close to my age. He's actually a lot younger than he he seems. <laughs> it's, all, it's all that chili, man. Um, <clears throat> Put some years on you. It's a Texas sun. Yeah. Yeah, that too. That'll literally destroy anything. Given enough time. Texas, the biggest sun in the country. People can't handle that bigness. Uh, but the reason, I feel like the reason we talk about Alex is because we're living in an era of disinformation mm-hmm. and Alex still has a very big mouthpiece. And big mouth. I... You know, as a Texan, I feel like I have to take some responsibility for the misinformation machine or that really the disinformation machine. True. true. Um, and uh, we're glad to be uh, the only podcast in Texas doing this. <laughs> no, but we have a we have a, we, at least we have a small platform. And I, I yeah. just like to address these things because they pop up in local Facebook posts. Sure. To to. Go on with what you were saying for just a moment, though. Also, to talk about wind turbines, uh, that is a conversation down here. And the misunderstanding about how these machines work is really strong here in Texas, where the conversation is happening. Mm-hmm. Anyway, there is a lot of finger pointing right now uh, over over what happened and who is it we're supposed to go after, who is accountable. And uh, so, as I mentioned ERCOT has, in the past, used sovereign immunity, so they already have that precedent. They might be able to evade any kind of real lawsuits. But it is funny that, like, five of their board members resigned mm. last over the last week because they all live out of state. They don't even live in Texas. Mm-hmm. Uh, these are just people who have maybe done something like this in the past in other areas or whatnot, um, and they just got on it because it's a cushy job, and they live somewhere else and don't have to deal with it, really. Um, and they've all resigned, probably just to distance themselves. And also Abbott asked them to resign mm-hmm. or told them, uh, however, you, however you want to look at that. 
But another thing that is he, coming he up. He welcomed their resignation. He welcomed their resignation. Um, another thing that is coming about, uh, you know, we're hearing already about a lot of people that are getting these really exorbitant electricity bills because they have uh, wholesale variable rates. Yeah, I uh, haven't seen ours yet. Uh, well, we don't have a wholesale rate, so that's good. No. Those are for people who like will have maybe a commercial property that's not being used, and so they know it's using no electricity most of the time, and so they get a super rate for a small amount of electricity. Hmm. As soon as they put a business in there, that can change. Mm-hmm. Like there's there's a lot of fluctuations there when you're on a wholesale variable, and so there was a guy uh, who got um. Let's see if I see this right. $19,000? No, seventeen. dollars uh, Gritty. Gritty is the company which, by, can we say, Gritty is the stupidest fucking name for an electric company. It's, it's G-R-I-D-D-Y, and it's like they're just trying to be an app that I gives mean, that puts electricity in your home i can picture them having a little mascot that uh i don't know it probably looks like clippy from the old windows sure and he's just a little like hashtag looking thing like a little, grit, a little grit, piece like, of grid like, yeah, work a grid. yeah okay <laughs> so gritty uh spiked their bills up to seventeen thousand dollars for a lot of different people but up to seventeen thousand uh, they are now defendants of a $1 billion class action lawsuit for price gouging, and they've had their license revoked uh, for non-payment. As so, of right now, all Gritty customers have been like... Put off to uh, competitors, yeah. because that's where the real free market comes in. The way it works is that ERCOT, they have their own infrastructure for creating electricity, and then they build pieces of infrastructure and provide it with generators as needed. But once that building is done, they then hand it over to a private company like Gritty. Mm -hmm. It's their equipment to maintain and operate. Mm -hmm. And so things like winterizing, that's not on ERCOT, that's on Gritty, right? And they have to then pay ERCOT for the use of this equipment, basically. They have to kind of buy their energy a little bit from ERCOT. ERCOT can control some of the master rates that companies like Gritty are paying for electricity. And it is because of it's a it's a free market. Those companies pass that right along to us. So especially when you have just a computer figuring out a fucking algorithm, and you have this massive spike in demand and lowered availability, everything the math just gets so totally fucking askew. And the charge for a, a megawatt hour, as we know, it goes wild. Um, I'm sure a lot of people have taken an Uber during a surge during a surge period, yeah, um, and and ended up getting fucked. The the typical conditions for a 250 uh, megawatt generator, the hourly revenue is 12.5 thousand for like a megawatt hour, like in an area, and uh, the peak of the crisis it was 2.25 million. So, yeah, oh, I was gonna whistle, but well, my mouth is too dry. I need a drink. The boys in Lance game. Defiled by the factory pipe. The sick in land. The sick in sky. And I need an awful letter. Cold eyes are spying. From the top of the pyramid. The government dog.
give from the cold. Someday I will come back, give from the cold. Someday I will come back, give from the cold. Yes, shadow, Come back in from the cold. A gas can. 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 They were trying to challenge the prices they were receiving from the grid operator and their CEO, Michael Falk was, uh, he did decline to testify at a hearing on Friday. It was yesterday, but basically gritty is trying to say that they were trying to contest the prices they were receiving during this crisis because the, that was getting passed on directly and they didn't pay They've not been paying their grid operator, which I am kind of assuming is ERCOT. I don't know if there's another middleman in this mix. Yeah, so Gritty is saying, well, we're not we're not paying because these are extreme circumstances. Well, meanwhile, they're billing people seventeen thousand fucking dollars for the same circumstances. So I think it was just a fuck up on their part. Uh, but they they've been taken completely out of the game at this point. Huh. Uh, there's being zero forgiveness uh, <laughs> coming from the Texas Board of Energy or whatever it is. That is, that is, I guess, really the only people are caught answer to. Um, yeah, it's going to be a little bit to see this really play out. That's kind of the broad view, though, when it comes down to, you know, who's to blame. A large number of Texas politicians and, uh, and voters, probably, who at points over time said, this is what we want. And they, they handed their trust over uh, to people who don't fucking care. And... Uh, when you put capitalism into the mix, uh, profits over people. But one thing that I mentioned this in last week's episode, I want to I want to touch base on this too. Uh, there was a Fred Meyer up there in Portland that threw away a lot of food. They called the police to uh, prevent people from getting into the dumpster to getting this food that they couldn't sell because everything was uh, they were losing power. Right. We had a similar incident here in Texas. Uh, our local grocery store is, of course, H-E-B, named after, if I'm not mistaken, Harry Ephraim Butts. And uh, everybody loves the H-E-B, right? During the God, onset so, of this crisis. It's, it's so crazy to think that, but for a, a simple twist of fate, it could have been Butts Grocery and just stayed that way yeah. throughout the decades. Yeah. But, but <laughs> it, it could have been Harry Butts Grocery. Harry Butts Grocers. But here we are. It's H-E-B. And Harry, it's Butts, Harry Butts Grocers. Heebie-jeebies, and we love it. It's, yeah. So they had a similar incident, and uh, everybody was trying to stock up for this winter storm, and the power went out. And uh, they had people go through and be like, hey, everybody, don't worry about it. Just keep shopping. Keep shopping right now. Uh, we have a contingency plans for if that happens. Um and then after about 15 minutes, I said, okay, we're going to need everybody to go ahead and head to the checkout after 15 minutes. Like, this is what we need to do uh, per protocol. 
but they don't have cash registers at that point either. They don't have anything. So when people got up to the counter, they just said, Hey, do you have any alcohol? And presumably if you're the answer is no, then they're like, all right, well have a good day. You can't leave with the alcohol. You can't uh, leave without, with the alcohol. Um, yeah, that, that there's some rules about that. I but... think there's rules about free alcohol. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, but yeah, they literally let all their shoppers go without paying a, a single dime. Yeah, this came to statewide attention and probably national attention I after hope so. this occurred at an Austin uh, HEB. Mm-hmm. And uh, someone had posted about their experiences on social media, uh, probably on Facebook, and was like, you know, yeah. Said that he kidded that he, sh- you know, he forgot the filet mignon or whatever. But he was so moved <laughs> by this um, that you know he committed to pay- to paying paying this kindness forward and, and right, trying right. to help others. But yeah. um, well, that's HEB is pillars of the Texas community. They certainly have that reputation for being pillars of the community. Yeah. And they take care of their employees. Yeah. Uh, so shout out to HEB. Fuck Fred Myers. Apparently. Uh, <laughs> But down here in Texas, we have HEB, and uh, they care. You know their mascot. It was a is, good. It was certainly a good PR move. Their uh, mascot also, is a. It turned out. I'm not. Sh- I'm not trying to be so cynical as to say that's why they made that choice in that moment. Oh but no, no, yeah. Incidentally, though, their PR people would tell them that it was probably a good choice mm-hmm. to make. Their mascot is a an an animate bag of groceries that is the HE Buddy. Aww. <laughs> Which is kind of a clumsy name, but hey, it works. And uh, they got Buddy Bucks that they give to the kids, and it's a whole thing. Oh. I fucking love you, HEP. <laughs> <laughs> I love you, HE Buddy. <laughs> Let variety and quality be your guide. Shop HEB, we're on your side. HEB, generic products galore. HEB, our private labels save you more. H-E-B, our weekly specials are fine. H-E-B, look for our discounts so you can save all of the time. Let variety and quality be your guide. Shop H-E-B, the store that's on your side. Hey everybody, this is Joe. Just real quick, station break. Uh, I want to take a moment to say thanks. Thanks for listening to our show, Radio Gripe, and thanks for listening to KBSR. You know this, KBSR is fully independent. Uh, We help keep everything going with our Patreon community, which you can be a part of if you're not already. Uh, You can go to BlackSparrowMusicParlor.com and look for the link to our Patreon there. And you can also just stream the radio. It's going 24-7. We've got, you know, a dozen or so shows on there. Uh, There's a new one that I'm pretty interested in called Wall of Sound. Um, I know it's got a few slots on. Uh, There's, I want to say, Thursday at 7 and Friday at 10 p.m. Um, But yeah, you can also see the schedule for all the different shows if you go to the Black Sparrow website. Uh, Yeah, check that one out. Uh, Welcome welcome to the network there, Michael. Yeah, thanks to all of our Patreon people uh, for keeping everything going. We just kind of sent out a lot of thank you cards and some things like that to everybody. It was really cool. Uh, We look forward to things moving on, and we're going to start getting into some cross interviews and talking with some of the different people on the network so you can get an idea of uh, how diverse the uh, broadcasters are. So uh, I will point out, though, that uh, the opinions and everything that we express here on Radio Gripe do not reflect the opinions of KBSR itself or any of its constituent parts. 
some of them agree with us, and they'll probably be on the show. And some of them might disagree. Maybe they'll be on the show, too. We'll find out. Uh, but, yep, that's about it. I'm going to go ahead and let you get back to the show. Enjoy. So as long as we're doing corrections, updates, I guess updates. Right. Because this was something last week where you're like, damn, I forgot to mention H-E-B and, and shout them out. Uh, for me, I think I started the show last week with a bad take uh, about, you know, bootstraps and self-reliance. And uh-huh. uh, this weather ain't shit. I'm from Michigan. Right, right. In our first ever bad take corner. Uh, second bad take corner. I'll have to probably get a theme song for it. Uh, Mayor Boyd of Colorado City, Texas, uh, really had the ultimate bad take. I'm sure you heard about this. The name is familiar. I got a lot of assholes in my newsfeed. And he took to Texas. Uh, sorry, he took to Facebook to inspire his constituents in Colorado City to sink or swim. It's your choice. Uh, this is a quote, the city, the county and power providers or any other service uh, providers owes you nothing. I'm sick and tired of people looking for a damn handout, mm-hmm. uh, he, he said in a lengthy uh, Facebook rant, uh, after which he resigned. Okay. <laughs> what? <laughs> Not at first, but uh, yeah, he then goes on uh, to admonish only the strong will survive and the weak will perish. Uh, before accusing the weak of being the product of a socialist government. And yes, he did spell weak, W-E-E-K. Uh, although this post is, this Facebook rant is otherwise impeccably spelled. Did you not? Impeccably, see, huh? Did you not see this? No, I, like uh, I said, I think that I did uh, hear about this. Yeah. So, I mean, I feel like that's a real bad take uh, if you're the mayor, former mayor mm-hmm. now. Uh, former mayor Boyd of Colorado City, uh, who is now probably trying to lay low and avoid his uh, former constituents. Yeah, probably. If only the left and the right could switch places and each live in each other's reality. If, if Mayor Boyd thinks that we're living in a socialist dystopia where lazy people get financial handouts from the government uh, for sitting around on their asses, smoking weed all day, having sex parties, uh, switching genders, um... And while the whole world turns gay, like, I want to live in that world, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, in his in his world, the grid failure happened in Texas because of the Green New Deal. Whereas the world yeah. I live in doesn't even have a Green New Deal. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> right. You know, lefties feel like we've been living in a right-wing dystopia, a, a right-wing dystopia with mass incarceration, systemic racism, oppressive patriarchy, and religious theocracy. And if we could just trade and live in each other's realities for a while, I think we'd each be a whole lot happier, you know? Like, the, you know, I'm living in the world that you want to see. Yeah. Uh, I, uh, I know a guy who has some ideas about globalism and technocracy and, um, and some bad ideas. And, uh, I haven't really talked with him about it. It's just something that I know. And I just have to wonder, I have to think that his reality is so much more fun than mine. Like to think about, to think about secrets and, and uh, you know, this divine information and uh, you know, all of these big illusions and deceptions that has pulled over the world, but not you, you know, I live, I live in a fucking boring, brutal, sad reality it's that, disappoint- that is called it's disappointing. reason <laughs> and that sucks for me 
you know, yeah, it's disappointing. There's there's some fucking magic in it, you know. Yeah, uh, least so, of all satanic rituals and you know, global know. cabals. Yeah, man, I was Which, Satanism when I was a kid. And it's like I've never been invited to an orgy. Like, what the hell? Come on. Well, I have been. In, I have been. Was it a Satan thing? No. So it was just incidental. So I mean, but you were an artist. So I mean, tomato, tomato. Uh. Yeah, no, I didn't participate, but it was a, uh, yeah, it was a work thing. (laughs) Hey, everybody knows Easter's coming up. Um. (laughs) But yeah, I mean, speaking of these crazy, these crazy ass fucking conspiracy theories, uh, Texans have been burning snow in viral TikTok videos to prove that the snow is not real. It's man. It's man-made, and uh-huh. this this weather event was inflicted on us by the government or possibly Bill Gates uh, for any number of reasons to punish to punish us to prove that global warming is real um, to show us Joe Biden's true power. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, but but yeah, in these videos, you can see people gathering up clumps of snow and. Uh, holding up their butane lighters to show that it's not melting and dripping all over their hands. And in fact, it is scorching black. What kind of crazy you know, is this? I'm going to hit you with this. As soon as you start scooping up snow into clumps, it is now man-made. <laughs> so anyway. <laughs> uh, wow. Mind blown. Yeah. Our government and Bill Gates. Thank you, Bill Gates, for trying to trick us that this is real snow. You'll see it's not melting. The hell? And it's going to burn. (laughs) Snow don't burn. Snow melts. No water, no dripping, no nothing. If I put this in the microwave, it's going to start sparking because there's metal mixed in it. So you see that? No way. No melting. Yeah, so I, I saw this, but I didn't panic because by the time this uh, TikTok trend t- uh, came to my attention, the snow was already mostly melted. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's kind of hard for me to take that too seriously. Yeah, yeah. Um, no, it's we look thermodynamics uh, and uh, you know combustion of it's, energy. It's a type this of is bla- a really easy it's a type thing to of black satanic magic in and of itself. Really, what, fire? Sure. <laughs> <laughs> Fire, fire does things that uh, may may confuse and deceive the eye. Um, so apparently, yeah. a lot of people that went to maybe better public schools than I went to um, actually had already uh, been informed about this snow phenomenon. It's not unique to Texas. In uh, February of 2021, mm-hmm. uh, it's a thing that all snow does. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, yeah, a lot of people learned about it in their I don't know life science. Not life science. And there are science classes in junior high that if you take a butane lighter and hold it up to, uh, you know, a pack of snow, um, it's not going to drip all down your arm uh, because the the snow is going to um, absorb the melting water into more into the center. And you can see that blackened scorch on the outside of the snow, which is waste from the fucking butane. You dummy. I think we can all at least agree now that this isn't fake plastic uh, Chinese-made snow. It's not fake plastic freezing point plastic. <laughs> <laughs> like 
because yeah. it's gone. It it melted and then it ran down all the roads into the uh, yeah. It's not like into the into the drainage uh, uh, grates and it's not like we got frogs with uh, you know six pack rings around them in our backyard or something. You know, I've actually seen snow before, and so I had a little bit of experience with it. Um, so it didn't strike me as say more. Didn't strike it didn't really strike me as unusual in any way. Yeah, no. Nope. You know, one of my earliest memories of snow, uh, uh, growing up in New Mexico, we didn't see it a lot, but every now and then it would blanket everything, uh, just a couple inches. And uh, I had a snow day. Didn't have to go to school. That was awesome. Uh, but we're, I'm hanging out. And I step out on the front porch, and I'm just looking at it all. Just a huge field. I'm, I'm far from the it's, road it and everything else. It sounds beautiful and desolate. Yeah. And, uh, well, there's a... I grew up behind a Pepsi bottling company. And for whatever reason, they had something like a fucking quarter of an acre to half an acre of just empty space that was between their bottling plant, the fence that they had around it, <laughs> and then my front yard. <laughs> So it's a little weird, right? Yeah, and, a little bit. But I noticed, uh, I noticed there was a rabbit that was trying to get through the fence, and it just wasn't getting the point, and it was kind of freaking out. It had probably never fucking seen snow before, and it doesn't know what it's doing. It wasn't getting any traction. It was not. It's probably not getting any smells of where it is because everything's covered in snow. Oh. Like, yeah, and uh, it was just running into this fence repeatedly, repeatedly, and there was blood getting spattered onto the snow oh my gosh. and everything and uh me and uh, kendra went up and and tried to get it and it just bolted off back into the field you know as like the rabbit do uh this has been growing up in new mexico with joe well that's a sad story but um i, I see what you're saying you're saying that, that would have this... been a great if it like bring that out in a sponsor we are uh we will do ads for you for money uh anybody hit us up <laughs> we'll do ads for money we won't put it after the bloodied but ultimately uh presumably okay rabbit story no guarantees um but what you're saying if i understand you correctly is that this rabbit is like the way a lot it's it's a metaphor for how a lot of texans are responding to this unprecedented snow event that is exactly what I was saying. They're, yes, they're like bloodying their brains on the snow and, yeah. and uh, burning it. They cannot wrap their heads around the fact that um, a random, unpredictable weather <laughs> event can just happen, and no one's in charge of it. Not Bill Gates, not Jeff Bezos, <laughs> not Elon Musk, <laughs> Joe Biden, the Chinese. Wait, the Illuminati. You mean to tell me like it just happens? Wait, like that the like communists... God made it happen? <laughs> <laughs> Why? <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm not trying to. I'm not trying to mock anybody no, in rural not. Texas or anything at all. Uh, yeah, but it is. It is kind of funny. Well, I got a quick bad take corner for you. I got, oh yeah. I basically just three words: Marjorie Taylor Greene uh absolutely horrible this this week saw some legislation passed for lgbtq plus uh rights yeah talking about transphobes in the house and senate so yeah after this uh congressional debate on expanding uh civil rights protections for the lgbtq community um congresswoman marie newman who has Mm -hmm. a transgender child 
uh, and who happens to be across the hallway from Marjorie Taylor Greene's office. Uh, she put up a trans rights flag outside of her office and she posted it to Twitter. Marjorie Taylor Greene uh, made a response. Well, she resp- she responded IRL and also mm-hmm. made a Twitter mm-hmm. video of her putting up her uh, anti-trans uh um, protest protest sign mm-hmm. that says uh, there are two genders, male and female. Trust the science, uh, and posted that outside of her office, facing her yeah. uh, ideological opponent, uh, so that she can stare at that every day when she leaves her office. Um, trust the science, which is rich coming from a the the Jewish space laser lady, uh, Marjorie Taylor Greene. Yeah, um, yeah. And so if this if this little infantile hate crime uh is is the only thing that marjorie taylor green can accomplish during her uh time in office i'm sure she's already earned a few cheerleaders uh at least as of right now i actually i actually feel sympathetic to our elected officials in dc right now because this is nothing if not a toxic work work environment at this point the uh the biden nominee for assistant health secretary dr rachel levine is a trans woman and during her confirmation hearing, she was, you know, verbally assaulted by Rand Paul, mm-hmm. uh, grilling her about, uh, quote, child genital mutilation, uh, which he seems to conflate with uh, a person's decision to transition. And yet not with circumcision, which is a funny, she, just pointing that out. I mean, she responded with, like, infinite patience and professional courtesy and you know def- deflected all of it like she knew it was coming you right know? yeah it was coming from somebody and it sure. happens that it was coming from Rand paul I, I would sorry to say expect it from multiple people much of the hearing focused on the pandemic and other health issues but senator paul's questioned centered on what's being called transphobic misinformation genital mutilation is considered particularly egregious the senator inaccurately described gender affirming surgery and hormone treatments prescribed for transgender adolescents dr levine do you believe that minors are capable of making such a life-changing decision is changing one's sex. Transgender medicine is a very complex and nuanced field um, with robust research and uh, standards of care that have been developed. If I am fortunate enough to be confirmed as the Assistant Secretary of Health, I will look forward to working with you. Dr. Levine gave the same answers to a barrage of accusations and questions from Senator Paul, who was widely criticized on Twitter. I think he's a terribly misinformed and ill-educated on the subject of transgender medicine and surgery. Dr. Sherman Leese is a world-renowned transgender surgeon who operates in the Philadelphia region. He calls Senator Paul's comments discriminatory. Those remarks have nothing to do with, with Rachel Levine, who's a highly qualified physician. She's trained in pediatrics and psychiatry. Now, conservatives have criticized the nomination of Dr. Levine over concerns she would, quote, normalize being transgender. So... Yeah, a couple of big bad takes uh, coming from uh, the grand old party. Yeah, these fucking assholes. Um, There is a lot of what you would expect to happen uh, with uh, the the conservatives right now. It's it's not like a new president gets in office and everything's fucking better. We're we're still dealing with uh, a a lot of bad, toxic shit that is uh, driving people. Um, in these positions yeah and there's there's always backlash to any type of attempted progress yeah too, so. so here you want me to make a drink 
sure, babe. That's right, you said Arnold Palmer. But you know what? This tastes better to me. I don't think the tea was doing the bourbon any favors. Yeah. Honestly. Yeah. I, I, I love an all uh I love an Arnold Palmer. Uh I just don't know if it's the best match for a bourbon. I uh, just I really felt yeah. like uh yeah, get your blueberries going and uh Topo is is good with anything when it comes to a mixer. Uh I think it's the ultimate mixer. Yeah. I, I, I'm with that. I feel sorry for people that go to fancy cocktail bars outside of Texas and somebody just squirts a little club soda in your drink. Yeah. Um, or I opens feel... a, or even opens a, what do people drink? Evian or... No, I'm thinking about all the Californians who are moving to Austin. La Croix. La Croix, right. They're going to put some La Croix. Uh, La Croix is no match for Topo. Mm-mm. Topo will destroy your tongue skin cells. And you want that. <laughs> you could put a topo in your back pocket and go for a jog. Okay. And when you get home and open it and it's done volcanoing, it'll still have bite. Yeah. You could open a topo and leave it there for a full week and mm. come back and take a drink and it will still have bite. You know why? Minerals. Well, sure. <laughs> Yeah, it's not just carbonated water. It comes from one magical spring in Mexico, which I will one day uh, make a pilgrimage to. Sure. Joe, you and yeah. I, whenever you get your goddamn passport, uh-huh. we're gonna we're gonna go down to the Topo Springs. Yeah. So over the last couple of days, we've also seen some examples uh, from the current administration, uh, all hell Democrats, of I don't know what you would expect from a president of the United States government. So in addition to uh, the Biden administration launching an airstrike in Syria against Iranian militant forces, which is not something I'm really prepared to talk about. I don't have stuff on it, but... Yeah, I'm not really prepared. Um, I specifically wrote down that uh, parentheses don't want to talk about Syrian airstrikes. Okay, uh, but what I do want to bring up right now is 
child detention centers of America. There's just something about this. Every time I was reading an article, there's something about the terms that invite satire so well. And I don't, I don't want to really like make light of it. Obviously, this is horrible. But we know over the last few years, uh, with uh, the immigration, I don't want to call it policy because it wasn't really that kind <laughs> of the Trump administration. We we saw detainment of you know thousands and thousands of people and children, and we saw them literally, yeah, in in cages, sleeping on concrete with a, an emergency mylar blanket. And the idea was that these are temporary facilities and this is just where we hold them, you know, and then we try to reunite them or get them out of the country or whatever. And uh, it was just a really atrocious human rights violation, I'm going to say. So some of those had closed and the Biden administration is now reopening some of those. There was a thing that was kind of in the wake of a lot of bad news that came out of that and partly also because of the COVID-19 pandemic where in 2019 and 2020 several of these places were closed and there is a thing where if a child shows up with a family we just simply say no you can't come in but if a child shows up in a company then they say okay you're you're in the system now Mm -hmm. basically and so there are plenty of uh, what they call you know temporary facilities which are just meant to hold people for a short time while they try to find uh, a family member or perhaps a foster parent or some such and then you know uh, get these kids on their way they're not much better than the cages that we've heard about though one of the ones that he's reopening is the homestead it's just kind of known as the homestead facility because it's in homestead florida and that came out under fire in 2019 over reports of overcrowding, negligent hiring, and sexual abuse. Uh, it was kind of a big deal, and that's why they shut it down. Uh, another one is, of course, also a tent city uh, outside of Carrizo Springs for teenagers. Yeah, it, it sounds it sounds terrible, but also I'm I'm not I'm not sure what the resources are right now. Uh, I, I'm not I'm not sure what the reasoning is. I mean, okay, White House Press Secretary said, uh, Jen Psaki said, uh, it's a difficult situation, it's a difficult choice. What we're doing is working as quickly as possible to process these kids into HHS facilities. We can transfer them to families. Yeah, it, it's a terrible situation. And I, I don't, do, do I want to see Children's Guantanamo Bay, you know, reopened where there's a history of sexual abuse and, uh, you know, assault? No, yeah. no, absolutely not. I That's, mean, I, I, I mean, by the way, homes- the fact that it's that was closed at all is probably the the uh, results of, of people that fought hard mm-hmm. to stop these injustices from happening. And, and to be clear, that was a, a for-profit company that ran that place. Oh, see, now that's 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 your mistake right there. Uh, to to just to start with, yeah, um, just off the get-go to do privatized prisons for children that are actually not citizens of your own country. Yeah, and we already have a fucked up foster care system here, but yeah, it's not in like this country, it, but yeah, yeah no, it, literally yeah. nobody trusts it. But uh, America is like Uncle Steve, where it's like, no, you can stay with me. No, you can't leave. It's too high. Pri- <laughs> like, it's too high a price to weird. stay with Uncle Steve. Yeah, yeah, and of course, right now there's still 500 Uncle children. Sam? It's not Uncle Sam. It's Uncle Steve. Yeah, it's, it's Uncle You're Sam's right. brother. Yeah. Okay. He's kind of sleazy. That's right. 
um, you know, he's the one that's going to be like, ah, you're really growing up at the, you know, at the barbecue and just kind of slap your ass when mm. you're only 11 and you're like, what? Yeah. Uh, but. <laughs> Steve, are you on Coke again? Uh, more like 13. I'm sorry to interrupt you. Sorry, I'm going on my own little train of thought there. But uh, yeah. Yeah, there's still, I mean, there's still 500 kids that have it, that were separated from their families that they did have that haven't been reunited with uh, uh, guardians that at least theoretically exist. Yeah, it's it's a major humanitarian crisis. Yeah. When it comes to immigration reform as well, um, and and making allowances for refugees, uh, people that are fleeing terrible violence, unfortunately, it's going to be really slow to happen because there i guess there's a slight congressional majority um of at least democrats uh yeah it's a senate is split right down the middle and that's i mean this is part of why there's been a lot of talk about uh raising the minimum wage to 15 dollars an hour at least over the course of three years uh and trying to meet uh, those goals and that that is something that has now been excised from the stimulus bill which which was totally expected yeah these spending bills that allow for the stimulus, this massive stimulus package that right. is... It is a lot. Faded. It's a lot. That is, it's the biggest uh, spending bill in the United States history. Yeah. That is slated, as of right now, to be passed. It's it's slated to be passed with zero Senate votes. But it doesn't need, because it's a spending bill, it doesn't need a super majority. Mm-hmm. It can pass with a simple majority. That's 50-50. And Kamala Harris being the tiebreaker. But there are only certain types of bills that can be passed with a simple majority. Right, right, right. Well, that's So most of the change that you want to see is going is generally going to have to be passed uh, with a super majority. And that's, um, uh, you know, about 60, 60 percent or or about uh, two thirds of uh, the Senate in order to vote on it and pass it. Right. Well, I remember. We're not going to see any of those, at least for two years. Yeah. Homeland and hip hop. To think about the origins of hip hop in this culture and also about homeland security is to see that there are, at the very least, two worlds in America one of the well to do and another of the struggling. For if ever there was the absence of homeland security, it is seen in the gritty roots of hip-hop. For the music arises from a generation that feels, with some justice, that they have been betrayed by those who came before them. That they are, at best, tolerated in schools, feared on the streets, and almost inevitably destined for the hellholes of prison. They grew up hungry, hated, and unloved. And this is the psychic fuel that generates the anger that seems endemic in much of the music and poetry. One senses very little hope above the personal goals of wealth to climb above the pit of poverty. In the broader society, the opposite is true. For here, more than any other place on earth, wealth is so widespread and so bountiful that what passes for the middle class in America could pass for the upper class in most of the rest of the world. Their very opulence and relative wealth makes them insecure. And homeland security is a governmental phrase that is as oxymoronic as crazy as, say, military intelligence or the U.S. Department of Justice. They're just words that have very little relationship to reality. Now, do you feel safer now? 
Do you think you will anytime soon? Do you think duct tape and Kleenex and color codes will make you safer? From death row, this is Mumia Abu Jamal. So anyway, moving on. Um, what do we got here? What do we got that's not the dumb shit? Do we have stuff that's not the dumb? Do you have a you know I I didn't I, I didn't like prepare fun facts or uh, so redemption corner or anything like that. This this is a tragic story that actually does have a happy ending as of I don't know today Sweet. probably. Uh, uh, Lady Gaga's dog walker oh yeah was out walking her three french bulldogs there were two that were kidnapped but one that was not so maybe he was only walking two of them at that time maybe one doesn't get along with the other one is the other two as well i've seen we can only speculate we folks we don't have the whole story at this point it's an evolving story it's an evolving story uh that has an ending and we'll never talk about it again but (laughs) no um this person was fucking assaulted yeah, dude, they were fucking shot. Shot. And the dogs, Koji and Gustave, the French bulldogs <laughs> that belonged to Lady Gaga, were stolen oh. by a fucking dog thief. Well, she posted a $500,000 reward and said, look, no questions asked. If you, uh, like, unintentionally, you know, bought my dogs in the black market or whatever, uh, or if you know anything, if there's if there's any way that you can return these dogs... Uh, I want my dogs back. You know, I just want to say, Lady Gaga, if you're listening, primo, if not a little pretentious, uh, choice of dog names. <laughs> At the time uh, that we were talking about this yesterday or the day before yesterday, mm-hmm. I noted that I thought it was a little weird that they were all thoughts and prayers to Koji and Gustav, and I hope they can hear this. Uh huh. And little mention was made of the dog walker <laughs> who was shot and at the time in critical condition. Yeah. Uh, so we were speculating about whether this person was shot in the foot or something. Yeah. But, but no, then I found out they were in critical condition in the hospital. Uh, but I assume that the you know Lady Gaga estate is taking care of. I would um, hope. I saw a thing where uh, this person who is uh, a, a, at least sort of a family friend, yeah, as, uh, you, as you as you do, with Lady your dog Gaga's walker. father. Uh, was quoted as you know saying that this person is like a a good a close friend of the family but then also really stating just how broken up they are about the dogs dogs. (laughs) dogs. (laughs) like oh yeah no he's a good guy we all know him really well we pay him very well and all that but god damn i miss those dogs dogs oh god so we were speculating about whether or not uh, I mean, this is in Hollywood. If someone was sort of had been stalking Lady Gaga and they mm-hmm. w- were willing to potentially commit homicide in order to obtain her right? dogs, and their value would be so great because they're Lady Do- uh, Gaga's dogs. Look, here's the thing: like the Mona Lisa is mainly famous. They're celebrity dogs and, and expensive because it had been stolen before. Well, That's one of the yes. things that increases the worth of it. So if you can mm-hmm. steal a dog, that's like, well, that's a dog. But if you can steal a famous dog, now that theft exactly. makes it worth So more. what it is, is I'm like, is this a dog theft or is this a dog heist?
know? Right. And so we didn't know, is this a dog heist? Uh, but I, I, I did tune into Slate uh, yesterday and yeah, there was uh, they were interviewing an expert and uh, he said that French bulldogs are uh, actually very commonly stolen dogs just all by themselves regardless of who owns them is that right yeah uh french bulldogs are like the honda civic of (laughs) the dog world uh everybody wants them oh man um their parts are interchangeable yeah (laughs) when i was in salt lake we uh the roommate had a honda civic and it disappeared from our driveway showed up a few days later on concrete blocks uh and they're like oh yeah we owned a civic what'd you expect (laughs) so as of today, yes, we have learned that a the dog walker is expected to recover fully. Super. And B Koji and Gustav are back home with their mama. I am interested about that process. Can you lay it out for me a little bit? Do you? Well, it was a woman. We don't know anything more. Who brought these dogs to Lady Gaga and her people? Uh, confirmed they are Gustav and Koji. Did one of did one of them rub the dog up against their gums and they said, yes, yeah, legit? <laughs> yep. <laughs> that is what happened. <laughs> um, well, what I had heard is that these two dogs were left tethered uh, to like a, a, a sign, like just a pole. What? Yeah. Oh my God. Like they were basically fucking abandoned and a lady came across them. Oh. And she's the one who turned them over. Holy shit. So you have to wonder if the people, this was supposed to be, I think, a rando dog napping. And after after they shot a motherfucker over it, and then it, they heard the news, and they're like, we just stole Lady Gaga's fucking dogs. Those dogs oh were my hot. God. Those are, were hot dogs. You gotta, you gotta ditch the going, hot dogs. They're going to hang us in the public square. I'm so glad they didn't kill the dogs. Yeah, dogs were though. too hot, man. They could have killed the dog. Well, no, that's how. Yeah, um, that's adding extra risk. That's though. a super risk because if they find the forensic remains of those dogs, that yeah, they will hang you in the public square. Rightly so. Lady Gaga will Rightly do. Her, so. Lady Gaga will do it herself and then face the charges of murder. Mm-hmm. <laughs> She'll be like, "No, yeah, worth it." Well, I'm glad those dogs are safely home. Yeah, I'm glad that um, dude is okay. I'm glad that dude is okay. Uh, it took a bullet for those fucking dogs, man. Uh, I mean, took a took a bullet. R e the dogs, <laughs> not like for them. If you, uh, but in relation to them. No, 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 no. no. In, re- in regards of being affiliated with the dogs, yeah, he took a if bullet. If I if I am that dog walker and I am updating my resume when I get out of the hospital, mm. and I am dog walker oh, to the stars You're in Hollywood, I took a bullet for Lady Gaga's dogs. Yeah, yeah, that motherfucker's got his career figured out at this point walking dogs <laughs> <laughs> yeah walking celebrity dogs up and down celebrity dogs hollywood boulevard so yeah was there anything else you wanted to say before we conclude the show nah man i think i think we had a good run so i did have a thought uh, i have been re-watching the 90s sci-fi masterpiece farscape oh um, yeah you have that yeah that was created by uh, uh the jim henson company um, I, I found out recently in order to showcase their skills, uh, yeah. which kind of doesn't surprise me because there's been times I've been watching the show and 
some shows I'm like, oh man, this is so good. And then other shows I'm like, okay, we've gone from a less episodic thing to a more like serial narrative where it's just like a thing happens and then another thing happens and you keep watching, which I think is how mostly TV is today. I actually kind of prefer the old episodic format where you tell a story and it wraps up at the end of the episode. Although there are, you know, it's it's not like it a sitcom or something where everything resets like obviously there are overarching narratives that continue throughout a season i just i don't know i miss that episodic tv and this it certainly starts off that way but also i think partly because they don't know exactly where they're going with the show um and they're very interested in the creature creation the uh both practical effects and uh you know 90 cgi which i think is expertly expertly done uh, set design and costume design um no yeah i think it's a great show and i think it has it, i think it has fun it doesn't take itself too seriously yeah and uh scorpius is one of the best bad guys ever oh i know yeah so uh i kind of wanted to talk a little bit about uh you know, some genre fiction uh, on our show next week. But this is why I want to reach out to you, the audience. Yeah. Sci-fi, horror, fantasy. We're talking about our favorite creatures and our favorite creature designers. Okay. Um, So hit us up if you have any opinions, if there's anything that you want to talk about, you know, throw it out there. And uh, uh, we, yeah, we'll, we'll quote you. Uh, or if you just want to hear us talk about something, um, what are your favorite creatures and what are your favorite creature designers? Uh, Miguel, if you're listening, uh, hit us up because I know you got some opinions. We are, you can reach us at we're trying show at gmail.com and you can also uh, hit us up on Instagram. We are Radio Gripe TX. TX. Yeah. Radio Gripe TX. Uh, you can find us on Instagram. Yeah, leave us a comment or post a picture of your favorite creature creation. I'm with it. Um, no CGI, please. We are looking for physical. Uh, it, 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 can, it can be something where it's it's CGI is used in its animated mobility or like enhances it. Yeah, pra- uh, we're, we're talking about practical effects here. We, and we, yeah. uh, in fact, uh, my homeboy, uh, one of the best person with two names, Patrick Charles, he does practical effects uh he he's into it that's his life and yeah I i'm on his insta he and stuff. he is amazing yeah so hey man you listen to the show uh i'm a, you know what i'm gonna reach out to you he's not listening. for your opinion he's not listening to the show but um what's his uh instagram i believe it's, uh, I believe it's just punk pat it's punk pat 88 it's patrick charles yeah check out his creations on instagram um they're really cool and uh yeah let us know what you think and we got anything else today nah man that's a fucking wrap (laughs) y'all thanks for tuning in thanks for staying with us everybody uh we got a little bit of warm weather on the way and let's fucking barbecue yes